Hello and welcome to the Revive Church podcast. It is so good to have you join us today. At Revive Church, we want to help people find life and purpose through Jesus Christ. And we really hope this message helps you do that. Whether you are listening to this at gym, in the car, or maybe you're just at home, we hope this message inspires and encourages your walk with God. Enjoy. What we're reading about here in Matthew 25 is spiritual preparedness. What Jesus is teaching his disciples here, he's teaching about the moment that he's going to come back. And he's using a cool analogy about a wedding banquet. And what's really helpful, uh, especially in the scriptures, if you guys are reading your Bibles, uh, Jesus would often teach in analogies and in pictures. And it's actually, when we, when we read and we preach today and we talk about things, it's actually a good idea to get a bit of context into what you're reading and why people did the, way, they did the things they did and why they did them. So what's happening here in this wedding banquet and what was the custom of the time? was that the groom would first leave his house and he would make his way to the bride's house where there would be activities and ceremonies that would take place. Once those ceremonies were done, then the full wedding procession, the the bridesmaids, the groom, the groom's boykies, they would all gather outside of the bride's house and then they would form a procession. They would walk to the groom's house where the wedding celebrations would go for another three or four days. What's important to note is that normally after the events that take place at the bride's house, it would be nightfall, okay? So this is in the dark, then they would have to make their way to the groom's house. So what we're reading about in the scripture here is we're reading about lamps and we're reading about oil. Uh, It was so important that for every single member of this wedding procession to have a lamp and to have an oil so that they could light the way for the groom and for the bride to make their way over to the groom's house. So these these lamps would be, uh, there would be different types of lamps. There would be lamps that would be oil fed, or then there would be lamps that would burn using rags that would periodically be doused with oil. Oil was important. Lamps were important, okay? In any common wedding back in the time. And Jesus is using this analogy as a picture for when he would be coming back. And he would find the state of where people are at. And he's using the picture of oil. And he's using the picture of lamp. You see, everybody had a lamp. Everybody that was part of the wedding procession, they had a lamp. The lamp looked good. So if you had to look at somebody and you just had to look at the wedding procession and everybody, you'd see everybody with a lamp. On your first appearance, it would look like everybody is on the same page. Everybody's together. The lamps look good. The lamps look shiny. But what was the most important thing, especially when the groom came back because they had to walk at night, was not whether people had a lamp, but it was whether they had oil. Because if they didn't have oil, that lamp essentially would be useless. The picture that we can draw from this today and how we can quickly take this parable and apply it to our lives is we're currently in the period where the bridegroom or the groom has not yet come back. We are waiting. We're the procession. We're waiting to join the groom and to go to the great party, the great banquet, the great festival that is going to be heaven with all of our brothers and sisters. It's going to be an amazing time, but we're waiting right now. And the scripture teaches that there were five. Half of them were foolish and half of them were wise. The wise ones had brought extra oil because who knows that when we wait, things can get difficult. It's in the waiting where we find out who's foolish and who's wise between those who are part of the bridegroom. And scripture teaches that this time right now, this time that we're in, the period between the groom coming and us going with him and the waiting is a very difficult period for a lot of people. But Jesus teaches about it. Jesus says that I will be delayed. But when we look at this delayed, it can mean two things for different groups of people. One, some people see it as a, bit of, as a bit of an obstacle because life can get very difficult. And then we begin to ask the question, 
where's Jesus? <laughs> Where is God in all of this? Why is life so difficult? Why is life so tough? I often hear people saying, Jesus, just come right now. <laughs> just rapture, take us away. And I get that, man. There's days. There's days where I'm with you on that. And I really just want Jesus, please, just this is too hard. This is too difficult. But if I can just tell you how important, how significant the waiting period is, because the waiting period is a gift of grace from God. Because in the waiting period, you're allowed to do two things. The first thing you're allowed to do is to get your heart right. You're allowed to get some oil. You're allowed to engage with God. How do we get oil, you ask? Well, I'm so glad you asked. I'm going to tell you. You get extra oil from engaging in an intimate relationship with God. Oil is not acquired in the pews. Oil is not acquired in doing deeds for God. Just like your salvation, it's not something you can earn. It is a gift. The extra oil that we can get in our lives is based on Jesus. Do we have an intimate relationship with one another? Jesus didn't say to the, to the bridesmaids and to the procession, hey, you didn't do enough, so you're not allowed in. He said, no, I didn't know you. We didn't speak. We didn't communicate. We didn't have any type of intimacy. If you want extra oil that's going to last the wait, we've got to develop an intimate relationship with God. That's how you fight apathy. That's how you fight complacency. I have been apathetic and I've been complacent in my faith many times. And if I can look back at what was going on in my life, it was because I was too busy doing the work of ministry instead of spending time with the person of Jesus in my life. That's why Jesus died on the cross. What's the old covenant? The old covenant was in a building through a person. The new covenant is, no, 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 in your room, me and you, we can engage. We can develop. We can grow. We need extra oil. But this, this time period, this, this waiting is a, is a challenge. It's difficult because, because things are hard. I want to just change your mindset about this waiting now before Jesus comes back. I'm aware that when you open News 24, things are hectic. I'm aware that the world we live in is rough, but this is a complete gift of grace from God. One, because you can get your heart right. Two, you can speak to other people about Jesus. When Jesus comes back, as we saw when the bridegroom arrived, the time to acquire more oil was over. He came back and it was, it's time to go. The ones that didn't have oil, the, the foolish bridesmaids. They went to go look for some. And here's the thing about oil, especially in this sense. Here's the thing about intimacy with God, about, about faith, about salvation. You cannot borrow salvation. I can't lend you some of my faith. I can't, I can't lend you some of the inner spiritual work that God has done in my life through the quiet times that I have. I wish I could, although I don't even think I've got that much. I wish I could give you some, but I can't. So they even asked, hey, could, could we borrow some of your oil? Could we have some of your oil, please? Because, because I've run out. I, I didn't bring any extra. This is, the, this is the call for us out of Matthew 25. We can't rely on a super spiritual pastor and hearing great sermons on a Sunday to think that we're adding oil to our lamp. Swain's quiet times or the, the quiet times of your life group leader, it, it's just not enough, church. It's just not enough to put you in a, in a, in a place with God that if Jesus was to come back today, this is the thing about Jesus coming back. Some of us live our lives where we're, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm going to do, do me now. I'm going to do me now, and I'm going to have fun, and I'm going to do life, and then coming to the, the back end, I'm, I'm going to make right with God. And I, I, like, I like that model. I, I think it's cool, but, but you're in complete presumption of that you think you know when Jesus is coming back. The Scripture says that no, not even Jesus knows. 
Not even Jesus knows when he's coming back. God is going to say, cool, it's time. So you might think, hey, when I'm 60 or when I'm 50, I'm going to make right with God. Jesus could come back tonight, church. Where's your heart? If you look at your lamp, your lamp is probably, your lamp probably looks good. We're coming to church. We've got the lamp. It's shiny. Somebody looks at you on appearance. You, you, you've, you've got it all covered, but only you know what's inside of your lamp. You want to light it? You want to light your lamp? You can't light it without oil. This for me is a, is a, this message is more than a message, it's a burden. Because for me, this has been a total challenge in my Christian walk because it's so easy to look the part. Man, that's easy for me. Maybe not for you, but for me, it's super easy. I will, I will dress neat. <laughs> I will shave. When you ask me how I am, blessed and highly favored, brother. <laughs> Come on, somebody. Man, I've got all the lingo. I've got everything for you. I've got all the lingo. I, I'm, I'm so good until you find out what's in my lamp sometimes. Very little. So as a church, you need to take responsibility for what's in your lamp. I'm sorry if I'm coming off aggressive today. That's really not what I'm trying to do. But this time that we have, it's a gift of grace. I love how Peter addresses this time, this, this, this delay. Jesus chooses to be delayed because he's giving us, or God chooses to delay this period because he's giving us every last moment. Every second is, is a complete gift because it's just a second where I can say, God, please, if I look at my lamp, it's empty. If I look at the people around, maybe your lamp's okay, but there's people you're doing life with. There's nothing in that lamp. God wants to use you, hands and feet. Hey, come on. You need, you need to know Jesus. You need to give your life to God. You need to fold that lamp because he's coming back. Peter addresses it in 2 Peter 3, verse 3 to 4. I'm going to, break, I'm going to break it up and just read a few verses. Verse 3 says, Above all, you must understand that in the last days, scoffers will come. Scoffing. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> scoffers will scoff. Um, following their own evil desires. They will say, <laughs> this is so good. Where is this coming? He promised. Ever since our ancestors died, everything goes on as it did since the beginning of creation. What a great little tune there from the scoffers. What are you talking about? What coming? It's, it's been so long. If only they knew, like, man, it's been so long for you. <laughs> it's been so long so that you can know Jesus, so that I can get my heart right. Peter addresses it further in verses 8 to 9. He says, but do not forget this one thing, dear friends. With the Lord, a day is like a thousand years, and a thousand years are like a day. The Lord is not slow in keeping his promise, as some understand slowness. Instead, he is patient with you, not wanting anyone to perish, but everyone to come unto repentance. That's why we wait. It's so interesting in the scripture, it talks about, and if you want to throw that back up, you're welcome to, it talks about them falling asleep in the, in the time of waiting. Um, and it wasn't just the foolish people that fell asleep, everybody fell asleep. They grew drowsy because that's what happens when you wait. It was midnight when Jesus came. And midnight, when you think about midnight, it's this, it's like what happens at midnight? It was but a total surprise. Just would have happened. But they all fell asleep. And sometimes we read the scripture and we're like, 
Surely it was the foolish that fell asleep. The, the wise, were, they were waiting, and they were like, yes, Jesus, I'm waiting, or, or the bride is coming, or the groom is coming, we've got to be ready. And, and that, that's actually not what the Scripture is communicating here, because sometimes when people hear a message about Jesus coming back, they think they've got to down tools, <laughs> leave their job, go stand on the top of Table Mountain, and just, oh, we're waiting for Jesus now. I'm just waiting, and, and, and there's nothing I can do anymore for anybody. You missed the point. You missed the point. The Scripture says they, they slept. So what sleeping, what commentators are saying through the scripture, what sleeping actually indicates is just going on about normal life. You work, you rest. You work, you rest. God has got a purpose and a call for your life that he's achieving through your work, through the relationships that you're doing, through the, through the daily living. So when I talk about Jesus coming back, this is not to scare you into climbing a mountain in your undies and looking at the sky and saying, okay, Jesus come back. This is saying, no, 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 we've got to carry on what God is calling us to do. But can we take stock of what's in our lamp? Can we understand that even in the process of living normal life, working, eating, sleeping, looking after our families, it's all good things. These are all good things. But let's not let the busyness of life distract or retract away from, I've got a lamp. I have got oil that I'm responsible for. And at any moment, the groom could return and I want to be able to ignite the flame. We need oil in our lamps. I want to just reemphasize what is said in verse 9. It says, there won't be enough for both of us, go buy your own oil. Now, this can come across as a bit of a mean statement from, from the bridesmaids that had remembered oil. But again, this is just a question. It is just a reminder for each and every person here that we've got to take personal responsibility for what's happening in our lives. You've got to ask yourself the question, church. If you look at your life, if you look at your weeks, if you look at the time that you spend doing, you know, series or doing life or doing normal things, are there moments where you're, where you're pressing into God and you're getting that extra oil? This, I'm, I'm, trying, I'm trying my best. I don't want to sound higher grade here because I don't believe this is a deep theological topic. It's, is there time in your day, a few minutes every day where, where we're just, Jesus, I'm here. I, I need your presence. I need your oil. I need your touch. I need you to lead me. I need you to guide me. I need you to help me make decisions for my family. I need you to help make decisions for my job, for where we're going to live. Do you engage with your Father in heaven? Because that is why Jesus died on the cross. It's not so that we can just know something good and come to church and feel better about ourselves, but it's to have an intimate relationship with God in heaven. Are there moments? Are there pockets in your day? Just, if, just And I'm not like, sometimes you, you, can, you can look at a pastor and you can think, of, geez, this guy probably, it's, that's not the case. For me, sometimes it's just a few minutes, but I can promise you if I start my day in the presence of God, it's very difficult for me to be a complete tool for the rest of the day. That's as practical as as I'm going to get for you today. It's really difficult for me when I say, Jesus, I really, I need more of the fruit of the Spirit today. I need more patience. I need more tolerance. I need more self-control. I need more kindness. I need more goodness today. Jesus, please. Lead me, help me. And it's in those moments we had a conversation this week about praying for God to speak to you. Did you know God wants to speak to you? Sometimes we, we think it's this, audible, it's this audible voice, and maybe it is for you. That's amazing. I've never had God actually speak to me like that. I would probably leave some marks in my undies if that were the case. But I can tell you that God has spoken to me through His Word. He has spoken to me through people. He has spoken to me through circumstances, through events in my life where I felt, geez, I feel like God is just, I feel like he's been hit by a bus. This is so clear. 
sometimes I have pictures in my heart and I don't really know what it is and, and, and what it really means. And then some, could be anybody, could be Swen, could be some random person, could just say something to me randomly and I'm like, oh, that's it. But you know where the picture was birthed? It was in the presence of God. So I was like, God, speak, God doesn't speak to me. Speak to me, God. It's like, well, jeez, do you get into his, are you quiet? For just a few moments, you just give God the space. Sometimes it's so easy to get into prayer time and to pray, Jesus, this is what I want. This is what I want you to do. This is take care of them and this and that. And you do your 10 minutes and then boom, you're done. You're out of there. So maybe God is just saying, hey, just let's allocate five or seven minutes. Just be quiet in the presence of God. It's difficult. Yo, it's tough. Because my brain is busy and I always need to stimulate myself with something. Phone, uh, please, like, butterfly. Oh, cool. Like, it's, uh, it's difficult. You, 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 need to find, you need to find a distraction-free environment sometimes, but allow God the space to speak to you. He wants to build a relationship with you. Just remind yourself that God created you. He formed you, your, your, your desires. Some people think when you, get, when you become a Christian, your old desires fall away. No, God put those desires in you. Your desires, your wants, your, everything about your life, He put that there. Don't you want the fuller picture of the person who put your purpose, your destiny together? Maybe just spending some time in his presence, you feel so confused about the future. Maybe just spend some time in the presence of God, the one who put your future together. You might get some clarity. You might find that he might illuminate and share some things to you. Is there moments, pockets in your day where you're spending time in the presence of God? Because it can't be borrowed. I can't, I can't give it to you. God has given you specific purposes, talents, gifts, that he wants you to live out. I can't live that out for you because mine are different. When the groom comes back, when Jesus comes back, we needed to have lived those things out for ourselves. We needed to have developed faith for ourselves, obedience. I'm not talking about perfection here. I have made some of my biggest mistakes after I knew Jesus and accepted him. I'm not talking about perfection. I'm talking about relationship. I'm talking about intimacy. I'm talking about faith development. Does that make sense? I just want to conclude with what it says in verse 10 and 12. I'll read it. It says this. And while they were going to buy, the bridegroom came, and those who were ready went in with him to the marriage feast, and the door was shut. Afterward, the other virgins came also, saying, Lord, Lord, open to us. But he answered, truly, I say to you, I do not know you. This is the crux of everything that I want to communicate today. I never want any of us, I don't want any person to have to hear the news or to have to hear the, the phrase from our God in heaven, I'm sorry, I just don't know you. What I want us to hear is well done, good and faithful servant. And for me, the trap and the apathetic lifestyle and the complacency that we're all guilty of, me included, the trap is just because we hold a lamp we feel like we're okay. Just because the lamp is shiny, just because the lamp looks like it's in one piece, and if somebody were to look at your life, they see you, you're checking in at future, signing down on Facebook, you, you, you've, you're ticking the right boxes, it, it all looks okay. And sometimes we settle for looking okay on the outside. But what does God do? He looks at the heart, always. So what I want you to walk away from today is to understand that we're in a waiting period. We're waiting for Jesus to come back. But how you do this period is incredibly important. It's not about living for the groom to come back because you miss a great opportunity today. 
to be a vehicle of His grace to people who might need it, but you also might miss the opportunity to just get your heart right because we all need an opportunity to do that. Maybe you know better than me the level of your oil in your lamp at the moment. You know better than me. I, I don't know. All I, can, all I can look at is my life and say, geez, if I look at the way I'm treating people, if I look at the way I'm engaging with God, I can get an idea of the oil. When I try to burn the flame, is it just, or is there a nice strong flame for Jesus burning in my life? That, that's oil. That's got to do with oil. I hope I've been clear on what oil is. Oil is intimacy. Oil is moments with God. I, I, I really, I'm trying to sound as, this is as simple as I'm saying it. It's just intimate. It's just Jesus. I know you love me. I love you. Can we just engage today for a moment? And I promise you, it's the, it is the weirdest thing, church. You have these moments with God and your life begins to change. It is it is insane. I, can't exp- I really just can't explain Christianity to people because it really is an experiential thing. You live it and things are just, you're just happy. You're just, but your circumstances maybe not don't change immediately, but you've got a peace and you've got a joy that comprehends all understanding. People look at you and they're like, Gee, why are you so happy, dude? You're, you don't have lots of money. You don't have everything that I've got. It's like, bro, I can't tell you, mate. I'm, I'm just stoked. I'm, I'm just happy. I feel good. God is with me. He goes before me. He prepares a feast for me in the presence of my enemies. It means there's still enemies. But there's a feast. 